Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up. He's going to throw down the middle. Come on, come on. Hey, that's great football now. 35 40, down the far sideline. We got to fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go, Hawks. Are you kidding me? Let's go. 20, 10, touchdown, Seahawks. It's the Seahawks podcast. On today's episode, we turn our attention towards the draft. Who should our Hawks go after? Also, we look at the Seahawks draft history and tell you their best draft picks round by round throughout the years. Also, Pearl Jam, a little local Seattle band. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, Lofa. Yeah, I heard a little bit, a little bit. They dropped a new album over the weekend, and uh, I'll tell you if it's any good. We hope that wherever you're listening from, you're healthy and safe and that we can provide some distraction for you and some fun for the next little bit by doing what we know how to do best, which is talk football. So thank you very much for joining us, especially during these challenging times. Remember to hit your subscribe button on whichever podcast app you're listening to us on. It really does help us out, everyone. It helps us climb those charts on those podcast apps and gets more listeners in here, and we just keep building this little family that we're trying to build. So please hit that subscribe button for us. Also, if you could take a second of your time to rate and review our show on those podcast apps, that also really helps us and um, you know, just provides some more awareness about this show that we're doing. You can also send us an email anytime, seahawkspod at gmail.com if you've got questions for me or for Lofo or if you want to respond to anything that we've said on the show, please send us an email, seahawkspod at gmail.com. I read them all. I am Seahawks superfan Brett Davern, and that is Seahawks all-pro linebacker Lofa Tatupu. You ready to do the show, buddy? Let's do this. All right, well, the draft is coming up. Who should the Seahawks be targeting? I mean, let's start with the position group. What what, what, what do you think they're looking at for this draft? So who well, we got to talk about? Who do we lose? I mean, we've shored up the O-line, right? Yeah, we've got um, a lot of offensive line help in free agency. We even picked up Philip Dorsett. Uh, Dorsett, yeah. So we we did that. We went out and got Quentin Dunbar uh, for the on the DBs. You know, for the secondary, we got Bruce Irvin coming in. I feel like we've done a lot in free agency. The board might be wide open for the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's you know when you find yourself in that position where you're you're adding. Basically, you know, off of you know wish list rather than you know need because uh, you you know I I believe you don't ever want to be like needing a particular rookie to come in and start right away. I I, I think over the years that's it's it's bonus if it happens. You know, like we were so lucky to have KJ and Bobby step in and start as rookies, but you you don't want to be banking on a guy to do that. Um, you know, unless it's you know, one of those those top picks, uh, you know, in the first round. Uh, so, uh, with that, I think running back is somewhere we'll, we'll probably, you know, consider taking a running back. Cause like that's a place you can always add depth, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was at really surprised with Homer towards the end of the season. Um, you know, he heard so much about him as a special teamer, but he looked, you know, really good back there uh, when, when we needed him. And of course, I mean, I hope we're leaving the door open for beast mode. Um, you know, I feel he literally hopped off the couch and still scored four touchdowns. So, amazing. I mean, if, yeah, if the guy put in, you know, a month of training, I, I bet you he, you know, he goes back to the 14 touchdown range. Watching Marshawn Lynch come back to the Seahawks and score touchdowns when we needed it the most at the end of the season and in the playoffs, I'm not joking with you when I say it honestly made me emotional to the point of tears. It lifted this whole city. Uh, and I don't ever go out there onto the field, you know, for, you know, the pregame, um, you know, introductions, it's, it's kind of, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you've been there, done that. You know, I ran out that tunnel. I don't need to go see anybody else run out of that tunnel. I went onto that field for that Niners game and it was electric. Mm. I'm talking, everyone had their phones out. Everyone's capturing that moment. Of course, you know, Marshawn, he wanted, he ran out with all the other running backs, you know, cause that's, that's who he is. You know, yeah. he is a team mentality guy. And so he, he had all his boys run up, roll out that tunnel with him, but it was just absolutely packed on that sideline all the way around the field. Um, and the stadium was going nuts. Uh, I was sitting there right next to, to Mama Lynch, too. She was she was uh, right there on the sideline and uh, seeing her smile, you know, watching him, you know, come back to to, to the city that he helped build in, in terms of you know football. Uh, that was one of the biggest trades in the history of this organization is getting him into in 2010, getting him into a Seahawks uniform and uh you know, John and Pete, they, they did it right in, in that one. And, and hopefully hopefully we can get, you know, another year for him, you know, so he could, you know, do his little farewell tour in, in a Hawks uni. Well, it's it's one of those things in sports where sometimes this happens where someone who's been retired for a while or, or, or whatever comes back and you always have that worry in the background of your uh, head like, oh, m you know, maybe this isn't going to go as well as we remember it or maybe he's lost a step or it, it might be – it could be a little sad even, right? But not with Marshawn. I mean, he did not disappoint at all. No. I mean, that one run against Philly, they had him dead to rights yeah. three times. Yeah. And what did he do? He just – Activated beast mode. Getting back to the draft, uh, when when these players are being evaluated and their talents being looked at, and and you in your time with the Seahawks and stuff did some evaluating, uh, right? What what are the first things that you look for when it comes to evaluating a player coming out of college headed towards the NFL? I need to see the film. I need to see. I'm not going to look at the height, weight, anything until I see the film because I don't want to sway my opinion. My eyes are going to tell me exactly what they see you know and there's a lot that go the other way like okay well, we're gonna look at all the six three guys 250 plus and then once we get that list pared down now we'll go look at the film you know so my first instinct literally was to go just i don't want to know 40 time i don't want to know i want to see how he's playing you know no, no matter regardless of the position he should be dominating and i'm talking like his bad plays i better see his bad plays look like somewhat, I better come away with something good from those bad plays, like mm -hmm. taking on two blocks or, mm -hmm. you know, you know, making the rest of his guys life easier, you know? Um, so uh, that's what I, I would do. And so um, of course, every game film, than just looking at like short shuttle times. Oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't get to those numbers until I get to the film because again, I don't want my opinion to be swayed, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's very easy to, to say, oh well, you know, you know, he's a four seven four eight. Like I, I was four eight, 
I ran a four eight forty. You know, that is not awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure there's several guys, several coaches or scouts. They looked at that forty time. They're like, okay, well, no, you know, I'm gonna. He's off the list. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you, there's teams out there that took me off their list because they saw, you know, six foot, two thirty five, two forty, four eight forty, and they were just like, no, just not gonna, not gonna take it. But they, what they didn't take into account is that I play faster than everybody because I study film. Um, I help get everybody lined up and make their life easier and help, you know, them play more efficiently. So it's, um, you know, it's, you really got to take into consideration of what do they do for the team? You know, um, what are some of your memories from your own pro day and combine? What was that like going through that process? Combine is combines rough looking back at it. Um, just, you know, you, you show up, um, it's freezing over there in, in Indy. Um, you know, you're, you're paired up with your roommate. You're hoping he's not sick. You know, me and my roommate were sick <laughs> for the combine. And then, oh, really? uh, Is that uh, yeah, 40 time? no, that, that's, <laughs> that, hey, that 40 times all me. I worked hard for that 40 time. <laughs> but, uh, that would have been a know, 5.2. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but, you know, and then, you know, you got, it's your day is full. The first day I got there, uh, me and Matt Grudegood, he, uh, played, played ball with me at SC. Uh, and, uh, we were in the doctors uh, or the x-ray machine until 2 AM. And we had a 6 AM workout that next morning. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm gonna go home, catch this nap, get up and go bench 225, you know? And then, you know, then they have the, I don't know what you want to call it, like the bodybuilder portion of the segment where you're up there in tights. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just, and the guy, you know, like he's pushing your head down to try to make sure I'm not, I'm not six feet. They gave me five eleven and seven eighths, you know, on my height. Uh, But it, uh, yeah. So I mean, it was, um, let me put the cleats on. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, I don't play in bare feet. Come on, man. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Get serious. Good point, Brett. Good point. See, uh, but I it's been uh, agent back then. Yeah, I know, right? You still can. I'm okay. gonna make a comeback. I'm gonna right. make a comeback. Coming out of this quarantine. And you've been sending <laughs> videos of, of of hitting baseballs in the batting cage. I think we switch sports, man. If I'm gonna be your agent, let's switch sports. Okay, we'll go, we'll go Tebow style, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, let's stop talking about your forty. <laughs> please please obviously let me tell you about who, who brought true, that up <laughs> let me tell you about true classic tees right now our listeners get 20 percent off at trueclassictees.com when you use the promo code b-l-e-a-v at checkout that's 20 percent off of your first purchase at trueclassictees.com when you use the promo code believe these t-shirts are super comfortable you can wear them out you can wear them at home they hold up in the washing machine and they're only 50 a piece, but right now you get them for even less when you use the promo code BLEAV when you're checking out at trueclassictees.com. You got to spell it out T R U E C L A S S I C T E E S dot C O M. Um, Lofa, let's do this Mount Rushmore of Seahawks draft picks thing that we've been talking about. So, 
I went ahead and looked back through the Seahawks draft history round by round. Um, We'll start with the later rounds and the undrafted free agents, and I'll give you a list of them, but then you can only pick four to put them up on your Mount Rushmore, okay? I mean, actually, we shouldn't even be doing Mount Rushmore. Maybe we'll carve their faces into the side of Mount Rainier, Um, (laughs) but you only get four of them, okay? Man, that, okay, this is going to be tough. Yeah, I know. And our four, uh, your four might be different than my four, too. So I don't know. Now, let's start with the undrafted guys. Um, these are undrafted free agents that came f- straight from college to the Seahawks, okay? Because the Seahawks have had a lot of undrafted free agents who started their careers elsewhere and then made their way to the Seahawks later in their careers, like John Randall or Robbie Tobeck or... You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of guys over the course of the years. But I want to talk about specifically players that went straight from college, signed with the Seahawks, did not get drafted. And um, we'll find out who's on your Mount Rainier. And I'll pick the four that go up on my Mount Rainier. Um, Here's the ones that we can choose from. You got David Hawthorne, linebacker out of TCU, signed as an undrafted free agent in 2008. Jordan Babineau. Big play Babs, right, out of Southern Arkansas, signed with the team in 2004. Doug Baldwin, a wide receiver. Um, I, don't, I don't know too much about him, actually. Wow. I'm not, not, not sure about that guy, but maybe he's okay and can find a spot in the league. Um, no, obviously, I'm kidding. Doug Baldwin's incredible. Um, you also got John Kitna, quarterback from Central Washington University, uh, who signed with the team in 1996. Joe Nash, a defensive tackle from Boston College in 1982. Jim Zorn. Where did Jim Zorn go to college, Lofa? Jay-Z. I don't know. Where did Jim Zorn go to college? Cal Poly Pomona. Do they still have a program? I'm not sure, but he signed with the Seahawks in 1976. There's also Rufus Porter, a linebacker out of Southern uh, University. He signed in 1988. Eugene Robinson, DB at Colgate, 1985. Max Strong, a fullback from Georgia, who signed with the team in 1993. And then Dave Craig, um, who had like all of the quarterback records before Hasselbeck came along. He was out of Milton College and signed with the team in 1980. I mean, it's a big list there, Lofa. Those are some of the notables I could come up with. You got four players to stick out that you want to put on your mountain? Man, I it's hard. I don't know. It? It's very hard. Well, you you know what? We even left out uh Michael Bennett. Oh, Michael Bennett. Michael. But did he Michael come Bennett. straight to the? He didn't come straight to he, the Seahawks. Yes, though. he did. He came straight oh, to the right. Seahawks. And then he left from Texas. Right? And then week four, yeah, he got he got cut, uh, and we were going to try to put him uh, put him back to the practice squad, and uh, you know, no chance. I knew he was gone. Tampa Bay picked him up right away. Right. I think he had six or seven sacks, you know, as an undrafted rookie for them. So yeah, and then he uh, brought his uh, he he brought his peewee football shoulder pads back to the Seahawks eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The tiniest pads. pads out there, man. Oh, man, I mean, those are smaller than than, than the punters and the kickers wear. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mike B. He might, might have to add them. It's it's tough. I mean, here I gotta ask you, where do you even start with that list? Okay, so uh, right off the bat, Doug Baldwin definitely makes it on there, hands down. Doug Baldwin, I mean, one of the most prolific receivers in his time with the Seahawks also just tough as nails it seemed like he's a great locker room guy I'm, I'm sh- I, I think from a fan perspective at least um also just a great guy in the community um I, I uh, uh, just from a fan perspective like a leader on the team I I think Doug Baldwin 
for me, you can check that one off the list and put him right on the mountain, maybe even in George Washington's place as far as undrafted free agents. <laughs> I, you know what? I agree. I'm going, I'm, I'm taking Doug too. Cause on the list, I believe if we're not adding Mike B, he's the only Super Bowl champion on that list, right? Oh yeah. That's a good point. Well, I'll put Michael Bennett on there though. Cause that's a great point. I forgot that he started with the Seahawks and then went elsewhere. So we'll, we'll yeah. put Michael on there. I think, so for me, it's gotta be Doug first. I, you know, uh, Max Strong. I love Max Strong. He's one of my favorite players with the team for all those years running in front of Sean Alexander. Um, I, I mean, he was with the team forever. Only played for the Seahawks as well. So lifetime Seahawk. I think yeah. For me, I'd put him on my mountain there. Um, Eugene Robinson had a great career with the Seahawks. E- Eugene Robinson played from 1985 to 2000. He had a 15 year <laughs> career as a DB in the mm. NFL. Um, that's incredible and 11 season with this 11 seasons with the Seahawks oh, because he played okay. so much with other teams I don't know yeah um, he, and then he okay he's the only other Super Bowl right but that was with uh, with uh, did he get did, did he get one I yeah I think he got I think one he got Packers. one yeah. yeah I don't know man I okay my four I'm just gonna say it I'm gonna just go yeah with Doug Baldwin I'm gonna go with Max Strong <sighs> This gets really hard. I think I'm going to take – oh, man. I'm going to take big play Babs. Why not? That play on Tony Romo was, was the hardest I've ever laughed in my life while watching an NFL game. So Babino provided that memory for me. So I'm going to take Babino. And then I guess I'll, just, I'll put either Dave Craig or Jim Zorn on there because of throwing the ball to Largent for all those years. Yeah. I'm go- I'll go with Dave Craig. He's the quarterback from my childhood. Why not? Did Joe Nash play his entire career with uh I'm not with Seattle? sure if it was his entire career or not, but he was there for a long time. because uh, I mean, you know, that's a Massachusetts boy. I got I gotta show love there. Yeah, I mean you I put you him know, on there. Go for it. I think I think I gotta go. Yeah, he you know, Joe Nash was a bad dude. Uh I think he played he played his whole entire career here and you know, he, he kicked a lot of ass up here. So I'm putting Joe Nash on, on that list. Um so I've got, I'm with you on Doug Baldwin, you okay. know, um, brought, brought the, the city a, a title, and which will never be forgotten. Um, and he also pretended to poop out the football on national television as well. <laughs> sure did. Can't forget that. How many players have you played with who want to do that as a celebration but always decide against it? Doug Baldwin did it in a Super Bowl. I, I mean, there's a first for everything. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so those – I got those two, uh, Nash, Dougie. Um, I'm going Max Strong. I played with him. It was, you know, heart and soul. Just, yeah. you know, I mean, he did the dirty work, man. And what? there's no better name for a football player than Max Strong. I know. Uh, it, right? It, right? It's like, like – Like a creative like, player. Yeah, like a Hollywood <laughs> script or like he's a cast member of Any Given Sunday or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, great dude. Just like Doug, uh, phenomenal in the community and, uh, you know, amazing on the field too. And then for that final spot, you know, it's, it's kind of a toss up to me between Mikey B, uh, and, uh, and Jim Zorn, just cause, you know, you know, he was the, yeah, like you said, all those, those connections to, to, to Largent and everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredible. Quarterback coach for a long time, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. He was quarterback coach before he went over to Washington. And um, so, yeah, I mean, talk about a list though, huh? I know. That's right. A, I was, cause of, I got my boys. I was impressed as well when I looked all that up. I mean, big play Babs, like you said, uh, the cowboy killer. He wasn't just against Romo. Uh, my rookie year, he had that interception against, uh, against Drew Bledsoe on the. Uh, the I'm glad the, you brought that up. Yeah, he was always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, um, phenomenal, phenomenal football player and great, great guy. Um, so I'm going Zorn, Nash, uh, Mac, and, and Baldwin. Okay, now moving ahead to seventh rounders. We'll try to do two rounds uh, per episode here. So seventh rounders, it's easier to build our Mount Rushmore because there's really only four guys um, that are super notable that were drafted in the seventh round by the Seahawks. The first one right off the bat is a guy named John Harris. He was a free safety from Arizona State. He was drafted in 1978, so only two years after the team was even a team. He played eight years with the Seahawks. He had 41 interceptions, ran back two of those for touchdowns. In 81, he had 10 interceptions, which was second in the NFL that season. Um, And he never made a Pro Bowl, by the way, which is weird because he had some great stats and some great seasons. Um, And then, of course, in 81, uh, a guy named Kenny Easley. Am I getting that right? Kenny Easley (laughs) came along. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah. played with the team, obviously would go on to the Hall of Fame later. So uh, John Harris and Kenny Easley, they were the two safeties for a long time in Seattle. So a great safety duo, even before Earl Thomas and Cam um, came along later. The Seahawks have actually had a really great tradition of safeties. I mean, I know you play with some good ones, too. Yeah, I was blessed to play with some some great ones, you know, throughout my career. Um and, you know, my last year was with uh, the two starting was with Earl and Lawyer Malloy. And, uh, and, Cam, and Cam played a lot that season, too. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was incredible to play with, with, with a lot of the guys that I got to play with. And then also there's a guy named Michael McGarry, who was a defensive end from Wake Forest. He was drafted in 1993 in the seventh round. He played four seasons in Seattle but didn't start until his final season there. But then he moved on to the Baltimore Ravens and made two Pro Bowls. Um, and in 1996, for the Seahawks, so the only year that he started, he had 13 and a half sacks, and then the Seahawks let him walk to the Ravens, where he makes two Pro Bowls. Mm. That, yeah. Mike McCray, I remember him with those uh, those Ravens defenses. It's crazy to, to think that we, we had him, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, how, how do you let a guy like that, you know, go in, in free agency? And, uh, did it say, is that right? Said in his final year at 13 and a half sacks? 13 and a half sacks in 1996 for the Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. Right? Wow. I know. That's incredible. That's, yeah, that's a lot of sacks. How about this seventh rounder? Josh Brown, kicker, Nebraska, drafted in 2003. Oh, yeah. And I, I tell you what, when, it, when it's a game winner, when it was on the line, uh, especially when I think back to that 05 season, uh, you know, Josh was money, uh, you know. Loved his energy, loved his, you know, his tenacity out there on the field. Uh, watched him open field tackle Devin Hester. I don't think I've ever seen a kicker do that. And I guarantee you Hester has not forgotten that. You know, this is the, the, the greatest return man, arguably, in the history of the game. And one that should be a Hall of Famer because of it. And Josh Brown went down there and made the open field tackle. It was incredible. Josh Brown and Sebastian Janikowski's tackling styles are definitely not the same. <laughs> 
I would say a little they definitely they, they they patterned their game after different people. Right. Yeah, they both they just looked a little different in Seahawks uniforms trying to make tackles. Oh man, sea bass. <laughs> um and then finally on the Mount Rushmore of seventh round Seahawks draft picks, the current running back for the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Carson, who still has a lot of good football left to play. I mean, it's safe to say that if he keeps running the way that he has been running in his first couple seasons with the Seahawks, he could end up being the greatest Seahawks seventh round draft pick of all time. I mean, he definitely, you know, the the ceiling is high for him. He's uh, he still stays healthy. Um, you know, again, he's he's kind of given us that 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 life force back there, or that resurgence that you know we lost when we lost Marshawn the first time. You know, um, a physical, intimidating uh, running back, and um, you know, I think back to some of the plays he's made. That one in Carolina always stands out, where he literally flipped, and his knee didn't look down to me. They called him down landed it and kept running. Um, just, you know, freak of nature. Oh, we only got a few minutes left here. I want to talk about the Pearl Jam album for a second. But before I do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. That's MYPOD100. Zero. With no NBA, no NHL, no MLB, you might think that there's nothing to bet on out there, but Bet Online has hundreds of places where you can still wager. They also have an online casino, so you can play blackjack. They also have a $750,000 poker series, and there's plenty of wagering, like I said, mixed martial arts, American Idol, the upcoming elections, the spelling bee. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100, that's M-Y-P-O-D-100, and get that welcome bonus today. Bet online, the fun never ends. Hey, Lofa, this new Pearl Jam album came out this week, uh, or last week, I guess, before the weekend. I've been listening to it nonstop. I know you're a big Pearl Jam fan. I am. I'm going to have to go get that right now and, uh, and roll that into my music plan for... for uh for fourth period with the kids. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, so a couple tracks to look out for. There's a, a track called Dance of the Clairvoyance, which is awesome. There's also another track called Take the Long Way, Retrograde, and River Cross. Those are, those are the tracks, if you want to skip around. I mean, I don't... How do you normally start listening to music? I, lately, I've been pressing play on the first track of an album and then just letting an album run, you know, instead of trying to hunt and peck. Is that how you yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to, you know, they, they put them in order, how I believe, you know, they put them in order that they want you to listen to them. So I, I, I let it play. I let the, the musician kind of unfold their story through their music. Uh, you know, just let it go, be in the moment and not go looking for, for something. Because then you, know, you skip around, you forget what you, you know, which ones you heard and actually even which ones you like. Uh, so I'll start, hit play and let's, let's just go. So I'm, I'm going to do that this week uh, and be ready for, for our next week. I've only listened to it a few times, but I'm telling you, this album has the potential to be their best since No Code or Yield, um, which I know came out quite a bit ago. But this one, it's it's great. All right. That's that's some high praise. I'm going to have to check it out, my man. When was the first time you saw Pearl Jam in concert? I never saw Pearl Jam in concert. You haven't yet? I'm not, not, not a, I wasn't a big concert goer. I maybe had like a run on concerts when I was in high school and I don't remember them ever coming to Massachusetts now. I don't remember seeing them come to Great Woods. And even at then, I was probably just into hip-hop a little too much. Because, uh, like, 
probably sixth grade to the seventh, eighth grade. I was too young to go to concerts, and that's when like grunge kind of finally hit over right. in Massachusetts. Right. So, um, you know, yeah, I wasn't wasn't allowed, wasn't able to go to concerts back then. And then when I got to high school, it was it was more. Um, I think the Fugees, uh, Rage Against the Machine. That would be a rock concert I did go to back then. Um, trying to think. Well, I, I did. Have... I, I saw a lot of Snoop, Snoop Dogg, you know, Dre. All they they came through over there. That was you know great concerts to go to. I've gotten to see Pearl Jam. I saw them at Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and this was only like maybe two, three years ago. And they rock so hard, and seeing them live is just such an experience we gotta we we gotta let's do it together let's go to a pearl jam concert together i'm in bro let's do it all right man sounds good uh thanks everyone for listening for now this has been the seahawks podcast on the believe sports network we do appreciate you tuning in so much thank you for being here with us we will be back uh next week with some more episodes as we continue to look into the draft and free agency and any headline happening with our seahawks That's a wrap on this episode, Lofa. Say it with me. Go Hawks! Ah, it was too quick. Should we do it again? (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's going to be different every time. It still makes me laugh. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.